0: You're listening to Focus on the Bible. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for Focus on the Bible. Our ministry is very concerned about two things. We're trying to get a clear, understandable gospel message of salvation by faith alone in Christ alone to those who need that message so they can be saved into eternal life. Secondly, we're very concerned with providing good, strong, meaty Bible teaching to those who have believed in Jesus so they can grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do these two messages to all people everywhere, but I want you to know today before we dive into the Bible that Focus Evangelistic Ministries has a very sincere burden for our youth culture. We believe they need these two great truths from the Bible, maybe more than any other generation ever alive on the earth. A part of what our ministry does to meet that great need of maybe today the world's largest mission field, the youth, is we provide youth camps in rural North Georgia. If you know some students who could really use a good youth camp experience that majors in good, strong, meaty Bible teaching and a whole lot of fun, then you could check that out and maybe send some of those students to Grace Farm. You could find all the information you need at gracefarmonline.com. Now let's go to the Bible. A few weeks ago, I did a message on Focus on the Bible. It was called Paul Was Wrong. And that title of that message stirred up some people who were very friendly towards the Apostle Paul, and those are my kinds of people, because we're friendly towards Paul too. But it is absolutely correct that Paul was wrong about the gospel before he was right, And so today, with a great nod toward the great one, the Apostle Paul, we do this broadcast called, Paul Was Right. Now, in the matter of being right or wrong for the Apostle Paul, it's just a matter of what time in his life are we referring to. Paul, in his zealous days as an unbeliever, actually persecuted those who were trying to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, buddy, you can't be any more wrong than that. But Paul the Apostle had a great recovery. And when he, on the way to Damascus, saw the great light of Jesus Christ and began to converse towards God with those who knew When Paul began to seek what is the truth that comes from this voice that I hear, then he discovered the gospel of Jesus Christ and became what I think is probably the greatest advocate for the gospel the world has ever known since Jesus went back into heaven. Paul was not born in Jerusalem. He was born actually in a place called Tarsus. It's a very Gentile area. His Jewish father, when Paul was of age, sent Paul back down into Jerusalem to study under a great Jewish scholar named Gamaliel. Gamaliel would give you instant street cred anytime you dropped his name as your mentor. And that's what Paul the Apostle had. It's almost as though when you read his story, you understand that God was doing something very special from the womb with this man, that he, though he's not the only one, certainly there were many who stood for the truth of salvation by grace in the clear gospel message. But Paul had a very unique contribution to making the gospel clear and the doctrine of Justification by faith is practically owned by Paul, and certainly in the New Testament. Let's look at the problem we had and how that God used Paul to solve the problem. The problem begins all the way back in Genesis and chapter 4 when Eve had two sons. And these two sons are going to be templates for us to understand this great controversy in the world of theology. Let's focus on the Bible. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1, Cain is born, the son of Adam and Eve. In verse 2 comes along his brother Abel. Here we go. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And so these two brothers did two different things. The one... Abel was skilled with animals. The one Cain was skilled with plants. And there is nothing wrong with either one of those vocations. Now, we know that Adam and Eve were living on a diet of plants. They had been assigned a vegetarian diet by God in that great Garden of Eden. And so Abel is not raising his sheep for meat to eat. Why is he raising his sheep? Well, we don't exactly know, but I'll tell you what I think. I think that he's raising sheep because he understands the message of God, that the covering of their shame must come from an animal that has dripped its blood on the ground. You see, when God gave them in replacement for their fig leaf aprons as a covering of their shame... Leather jackets provided by an animal, probably through bloodshed. I think that Abel understood this message from his father and mother that it's through the shedding of blood that we have remission of our sins. But on the other hand, Cain was being very practical as a tiller of the ground, a farmer of plants. That's for food. That's for food. But now it came time to make an offering to the Lord, and the two brothers make two very different offerings. Let's be clear about this. The Lord never asked for an offering that would come by man's tilling of the ground. The Bible picks it up again in verse 3. In process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And so God did not respect the offering of plants made by Cain. You see... God had shown man that your covering comes from me. It'll be in a a gift that I provide for you that comes by blood. But Cain has gone and put himself on the grow it your own plan. He has grown his own way to sacrifice to God and God has none of it. And Cain is very upset. His brother Abel has pleased God with his offering And in fact, Cain becomes in the end so upset that he becomes the first murderer in the world's history. The problem of those two understandings of what God appreciates as a sacrificial offering is going to follow all of mankind from the garden and beyond all the way into what is still for us yet future. In the early church, there was a problem. That's in Acts chapter 15. As the gospel began to go out, there were some who began to teach falsely in the way of Cain. Now, they weren't teaching salvation by plants, but they were teaching salvation by man's obedience to the law. Here's where the Bible uncovers this problem all over again in Acts 15. And verse 1, here we go. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. What did they say? You can't be saved by trusting in Christ. You have to follow the law of Moses and be biologically circumcised. Now that's going to eliminate roughly 50% of the crowd, huh? And this catches the attention of Paul the Apostle, verse 2. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. What's the question? Is man saved by faith in Jesus, or is man saved by obeying the law also? Now, when Paul hears this, he and Barnabas, could I say it this way? They hit the roof, and they had no small dissension with those who were teaching such heresy, and they lead the first church council in Acts 15 that tries to settle this age-old question about salvation's cause. Friend, the short answer is the only way we could ever be saved is through the blood offering of Jesus Christ by our faith in Him. The Bible says, By grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. But all the way from Cain's beginning, man has always struggled with trying to add to what God has promised. That man wants so much to make his own contributions to faith alone in Christ alone. This problem shows up again in the Bible, in the book of Galatians. Now, Paul had preached the gospel to them, but a short time after leaving them, Paul hears word of what is happening among these young believers in Galatia And here's what he writes to them in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you, and would pervert the gospel of Christ. And so Paul hits this same problem again among these Galatian believers of false teachers trying to add obedience to the law by their own works into the gospel message of faith in Jesus for salvation. In chapter 2 and verse 16, Paul writes this, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh Be justified. And friend, let God be true and every man a liar who says anything else. And Paul the Apostle uniquely made his life's contribution for the clarity of the gospel. In Galatians chapter 3, now Paul adds to this matter of making the gospel clear that salvation is only by faith in Jesus and not by man's work. Under the law. Galatians 3 now and verse 22. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Amen. But Paul uniquely was able to make this fight against the false idea that man somehow can play a role in his own salvation by works according to the law. And God used this man, Paul, who had that unique raising, his unique educational background, raised in a Gentile world, And yet trained under Jewish Gamaliel, Paul was at home in both worlds. And in both the Gentile world and in the Jewish world, Paul made his stand that salvation is only by believing in Jesus Christ. Paul was wrong in the beginning, but in the end he was right and made it all clear for us all. This episode is a production of Focus Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can write to us at Focus Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, freddiecoil.org. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E-C-O-I-L-E eorg We hope to see you again for next week's episode of Focus on the Bible.